We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. Sees a hole burst to it. 20. Nice step to tackle. Runs left. 25 still to feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime this evening. It's I can't believe it. He's real. He lives. Tommy Avant. He's back. It's only been a year and a half since you've been on the air, but he is back and ready to go. Tommy, how you doing? I am doing fantastic, Derek. Thanks for having me on. I know it's been a minute, but I uh, had to do a little bit of soul searching, get my health in order, get my head straight, dealing with all this pandemic nonsense and job changes, all kinds of stuff have been going on. I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with all that and a lot of trials and tribulations through the pandemic, but I'm glad to be back, brother. Man, it's been a crazy year. 
right? You no know, crazy year in change, life changes. It's it's wrecked lives. It's wrecked careers. It's wrecked. It's a lot of wrecking. And I'm hoping that we're heading towards the end of this and can get back to some sort of a normal life again, or maybe gasp, maybe develop a new normal that's even better than it was before. Why not have a little bit of hope to it? Yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, I learned a lot during the pandemic. I learned that people are dirty, right, in general. Don't wash their hands enough, touch everything, spread germs all over the place. Because the before the pandemic started, I have an autoimmune disorder. I get ill, common colds to the flu, um, at least three to four times a year. I have not been ill in over 14 months. And the things that I've done differently, stay away from people, wear a mask, and use hand sanitizer a lot, right? When I get in and out of my cars, when I go shopping, when I come in the house, I just change my habits, not touching my face as much, just doing things differently. And it has benefited my health because for me, the common cold puts me in the dirt for days on end where some people just get the sniffles. It really throws me down. So I, was I terrified to get COVID? Absolutely. And I made sure I didn't. Um, but I, I came out of this a better person knowing that you have to have better habits to, to keep germs and stuff out of your body. So I, have a, I, I do a lot of different things now to make sure I stay healthier on an annual basis and I can enjoy life more instead of being sick all the time. I missed when the Rams first moved back to L.A., I remember I missed the second home game against the Bills, I believe it was, because I was, had the neurovirus and I was puking and just I was deathly ill, you know, and it just happens all the time to me, man. I'm just my immune system wasn't that good. Um, I want to thank you personally. When the pandemic started, you referred a product to me called Eight Greens. Mm. And it's an effervescent tablet that you drop into a bottle of water every day. And I drink one every day. I lost 40 pounds <laughs> during the pandemic. Not, I'm not saying that this product did it, but I'm saying it helped. It, it, there's so many good vitamins in there to build your immune system, to just get your body right and get you back to normal. And a lot of people are taking it and that I've referred them to. So I want to say yeah. thank you very much, Derek, for Acre- that. Acreen should have hired me to be a freaking you know, sponsor for them for all the times I've referred them out on the right? show. It's, it's like, an hey, Greens, if you hear this, <laughs> call us because know, we need to, we need to get a hold of them, get them to be a sponsor because their products are amazing. And like I said, not just me and you, but a lot of Ram fans are taking this product now because it works. You know, well, it I mean, works. It really I, I've, I've long had long had problems getting getting healthy and. I remember uh, when I had my ACL surgery and I was trying to get my joints right because I'm just trying to make sure my, my graft doesn't do anything stupid. And I started taking that. And I didn't get sick for over a year. I was out working four jobs last summer with COVID. And I'm out there, oh, da, 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 da. Just, I, I didn't even, I mean, I'm not saying I couldn't have got it, but my immune system was hopping. You know, and it wasn't until after, you know, uh, the layoff really hit that I couldn't afford to buy it as much as when I, oh, I got, all of a sudden I got sick. So, I, I, think, I right? yeah, I think it was really helpful for me, and so now I can go out there and get a new packet for it. And I mean, shoot, I'm telling you, Tommy, they got they got to get a hold of us, get a hold of us, because we 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 are living and breathing examples of that stuff. Works, man. It Not does. saying it's a miracle drug, but it's a heck of a supplement for your body. 
And it is. you know, and because we don't we don't eat, especially at our age. I'm 42, right? If I ate that many, because it has the equivalency of different types of raw foods in it, right? So if you were to break that down and actually eat those foods on a daily basis, you know what that would do to our stomachs? Oh yeah, our 40 year old stomachs, dude. Are you kidding me? When I eat raw vegetables, I I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> It, it, dude, it well, you're not so down bad. with that kale. It's IBS, bro. <laughs> just when you get old, you're not down with that kale. Everything, everything hurts. It's like five servings of vegetables. Yeah, dude. So I just rock yeah. this, and and trust me, I still eat vegetables, just not as much because I don't, I don't need to eat them as much, you know, and because they do damage to my stomach constantly, and this definitely helps supplement that. Yeah, and so. So, I guess it's free advertising for that, folks. Go check it out. But we're not here to talk eight greens. No, we're not a living infomercial here. We are here to talk the Los Angeles Rams. And I first I apologize to our listeners. I had tour when the league started. I started recording sport. I actually meant to have an episode out this week. And then one of our interviews, someone wacky with the, with the recording side of it. And so, I'm happy to go back and redo it. Uh, thank you to that host, Bo Bracco, over there from um, Locked on Cards. The reason being is I couldn't. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Put that out in good conscience. It sounded horrible, and it wasn't his fault. It was all me. I'm not sure what happened with our technology, so we have to re-record, and that's why we're late getting an episode out. But in the meantime... You know, schedule this comes out, and Tommy's on Twitter, and he's rolling out his mock drafts in the past few years. I'm thinking, man, that's some good stuff right there. Because the players you had in your mock draft, where they were available, that, that was quality right there. But I think that kind of takes a back seat, Tommy, because the schedule release is out. And it's an interesting one, to say the least. You ready to go through it? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's do it. All right, so... Before we do, folks, we want to leave a moment just for sponsors to check in. Here they are. All right, so this the reason why this schedule kind of annoys me a little bit is it's like a polar opposite last year. Remember last year's schedule? The Rams didn't have a winner game on the East Coast, period. No cold games. It was the ultimate advantage for them scheduling-wise. They played in Buffalo. Not that that one mattered because they dumped it. They played in Buffalo in nice weather. They played in Philly in nice weather. It was, you know, even Washington, decent weather. 
They have to worry about winter. This year it's different, and we're going to see what this team is made out of real quick come week eight, but really before that because this schedule is stacked. It is a stacked schedule. Week one, Rams open up hosting the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football at home. So, I mean, that rivalry, I think, is coming back a little bit. That used to be a fun one now. They've played, what, 2017, 2018, and 2019 in a row? What was it? Has there been a year gap? What was there a year gap in there somewhere? They didn't play the Bears? Honestly, I don't know, but since 2018, they moved back to L.A., I want to say they played them at least three times. Yeah, I think it's 2018, 2019, 2020, definitely. I don't think they played them in 2017. So the last three seasons, and now they're getting them, there, getting them here. I mean, they're getting them at home again. That's nice. But the Bears are retooling. They got their. They just drafted their their uh, quarterback future. I'm not sure he plays this game, but they'll play Fitz Magic. Is that right? Is it Fitz? No, they, they get, no, 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 no. Who is it? Oh, don't, it's about the same for me, anyways. Or Bengal quarterback. Yeah, Ryan. Ryan will be. Ryan went to Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah. I think is a great fit for him because they needed somebody to be serviceable because they have a top three defense. You know, and and weapons. They need somebody to to distribute that ball, and you know the team's ready to win. So they had to bring in somebody that can, you know, at least help with that and not be the problem. You know, so yep. if he can be a good game manager, that team is going to be tough. So yeah, that's that is going to be that's going to be a tough game. I'm I don't know about the weapons they have in Chicago in terms of how they'll fit with. Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton is no slouch. He's no he's not what he was five years ago, but he's no slouch. How do you feel about that game? You'll be there, so Yeah, I'll be there. I'm personally for me, I I don't care who we played week one because just to walk in that building, and I've already been in it by the way, and I'm going again on June first. I'm taking my wife and my son. The Rams are doing a little a deal where you can go in there and take a tour and they're going to let us run out of the tunnel and do all that cool stuff with my son. So that's going to be great, but I'm excited to get in there with the fans. We've never been in there, man. They played a whole season last year in that building with us on our couches. If you know, hand, I, I live like 13 miles from that stadium. So for me to watch it on TV and not be able to go was a bummer. So I'm excited to get back to all of our people all the great people that we've met over the years and made friends with because of this football team. I'm excited for that. But as far as the bears are concerned, I hope it's Andy Dalton. Um, me and Mark, we like Justin Fields a lot. And a lot of people are going to think we're crazy, but we had him ranked number one out of those top four quarterbacks. So that's our opinion. We're going to stick with it and we're going to let them play their careers out and see who, was right and who wasn't. Well, you know I'm a Buckeye. I'm 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 very high in Justin Fields. I love him. I think he's amazing. I mean, I think, I mean, especially in the Clemson game, you kind of saw who he was. And uh, I think that as time goes on, if he's in the right situation, that's the only thing I would think of, is in the right situation. Like, will the Bears take the time to let this guy develop, well, you have the weapons there for him, and just allow him to. If you throw Justin Fields to the wolves right away, I don't. I mean, 
he needs to learn the pro game. And if he if they give him that opportunity, he's gonna be well, he's gonna be a scary NFL quarterback. I dude, Tommy, I dread I dread the 49ers taking him. When they took Trey Lance instead of Justin Fields, I was thrilled. When they came out, me my brother is a Niners fan, and the whole time he was like, I want Justin Fields. I was like, that you made the right choice. You know, I agree because you're not getting one of the other two guys. They're going to the top two, you know, so you got your pick of these three guys. Justin Fields is the best one out of all of them, in my opinion. And I did not want the Niners to take him either. And I'm glad they didn't. When they started coming out with all that Mac Jones stuff, I just thought that was insanity. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't see Mac Jones as a first-round pick as a quarterback. So I laughed when all that news came. Are you kidding me right now, guys? Give me a break. You know, but we'll see. I, I think Mac-, Mac Jones is a bust. No, I mean, no, I don't know if he's a bust or not. quarterback that's came out of Alabama in the last 30 years has been any good. You know, come on. All right. Well, no, here's my, my bigger concern is when was the last time the Patriots developed a star quarterback? It's been, I mean, t- Tom Brady handled that thing for years. I mean, Matt Castle was serviceable. Jimmy Garoppolo has been, let's be honest, underwhelming overall as a starter. Okay, so when was the last time the Patriots developed anybody? I'm not saying they can't develop anybody. They did when I was a, a young man. His name was Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> that was the last time. Yeah, but, but, but Drew Drew was good when he came in, man. Well, of course. He was a first-round pick. I mean, but no, I mean, he was, like, like, what I mean was, is he was game day ready. Like, he was, he didn't need to sit back and learn some offense all over again. Like, he, he was in a pro-style offense coming in. He was a traditional pocket quarterback. All you need to do is protect that guy and let him learn the speed of the game, and that would be it. For... You know, for a guy like Justin Fields, he's going to need more than that because he's it's a different kind of offense. When you look yeah. at the New England Patriots, can they develop that guy? I think I, I don't know. Justin Fields went to the right spot. When the Bears were on the clock, I was watching the draft, and I'm like, for once in your franchise history, do the right thing. I was talking to the TV, and that's what I said. I was like, do the right thing for once for your fans, man. The Chicago Bears are a storied franchise, one of the old-school fan bases, one of the old-school teams, Grady, Soldier Field, all that. And all they've been doing is just letting their fans down for generations. You know, It's time to get someone in there that knows what they're doing. I'm like, guys, if you pass on Justin Fields, you're you're, you're never going to do anything because they already, in 2017, did the dumbest thing of any any other <laughs> franchise ever and traded up one spot to get a guy San Francisco was not going to take. San Francisco pulled a Kevin Costner in draft day on <laughs> the Bears in that moment. He fleeced. They, he said, I'm going to take him unless you don't. If you don't think that conversation went on in the background, just like that movie, you're crazy. That's exactly what they did. And they, and they blinked. And, and, they, and they traded up one spot to grab the sorriest quarterback that wasn't even a first-round pick, in my opinion. And guess what? I was right again. Dude is a backup somewhere. Okay? And they passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson in the same draft. Are you kidding me? So when they took Justin Fields... I jumped up like if I was a Bears fan for a second. I was like, about damn time. 
Like, yeah. I was happy for them because I have a lot of friends that are Bears fans. And I, I was happy for them at that moment. You know, like, geez, yeah. man. The only problem is, is you're going to see dude, lots of Bears-Rams cool matchups in a while, Tommy. Huh? Yeah, but the only problem is that we're going to see some Bears-Rams matchups in the next 10 years, and it's not going to be fun watching him run all over us. No, it's not. <laughs> I want to play him week one. I hope it's Andy Dalton. I think Justin Fields is going to be, have a great NFL career, and, you know, someone's going to have to prove me wrong, but I, I just see a star in that kid, man. Oh, I'm, I'm high on him. I'm very high on him. And I think there's, a, there's, there's kind of a, a, a feeling about Ohio State quarterbacks, especially after, you know, the last couple have gone through there. But in fairness to those quarterbacks, you know, going over to Washington, for example, that kid wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. No. Yeah, and that was never the right pick for him. No, no, no. no. He needed to be There's, in a place to let him we, sit. We see, it, we see it every year in the draft. Teams reach on quarterbacks because they, they you know, they panic. And the, the best way to blow a first-round pick is to, you know, if you're going to blow it, you might as well go for a QB because you might end up being a star. But I see franchises just constantly panicking um, and trading up for QBs. And sometimes I'm like, okay, that was a good one. A lot of times I'm like, ah, you panicked. And they do, you know. It is what it is. People are trying to save their jobs year in and year out, you know. Yeah, but when you look at Justin Fields, I see star. Yeah, I see so star. having said all that, um, as far as the Bears are concerned, week one, we're at home. It's going to be loud. It's going it's gonna to be fun. And I don't see us taking a nail. I'm sorry, but I know we haven't talked about this, but for the first time in our fandom's history, all right, I've been a fan for about 35 years now. We have a franchise quarterback. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. Because I don't want people to be like, well, what about Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner was on our team for like five minutes. All right? I'm talking about a guy who's been on our team for a decade or more. A decade or more and been consistently good. That is a franchise quarterback in my opinion. Okay? That's what I see when I see a franchise quarterback. And guess what? We have one. 12 years in Detroit. A franchise that has been mismanaged since its inception, almost. Guy, the greatest running back of all time and probably the greatest wide receiver of all time, both played in that franchise and both retired early. That's how frustrating it is to work for that company. Okay? And this is what we see. And and what did Matthew Stafford do? He was a good soldier. He signed his extensions. He stayed. He could have thrown a fit and got out of there at any moment he wanted, just like all these other quarterbacks are doing nowadays. You got Aaron Rodgers trying to leave a franchise that's winning. Matthew Stafford's probably looking at him going, bro, I'll trade you, bro. You could have (laughs) Let me get get the, the Packers, dude. You know, like, be careful what you wish for. So Matthew Stafford, to me, is a high character guy as well because of the way he carried himself the whole time in Detroit and going behind the scenes and politely asking for a trade and saying, guys, I've given you everything I, I have. I just, I want to go somewhere else. I want to, I want to go somewhere else. Where do you want to go, son? Like they, the, the way they handled that whole thing was just really awesome. Like they showed him respect. Like I want to go. Mm, to can you, yeah. You call them up and see what we can do. Sure. Let's see what we can do. And they made it happen. That whole situation for me personally and Matt Stafford was really awesome. And I'm glad that he's a part of our franchise because I've always been a fan of his. 
Well, we're, and we'll talk pumped, more yeah. about Detroit when we get down to the Detroit game. But you know, for for him to be a franchise quarterback, I don't. I'm, I agree with you. I don't see them losing this game at home. I don't see them. You know, that place will be jazzed. Like this, really. I know they played in SoFi last year, but they. This is really the opening day. This is really the opening game. Yeah. Because this is the first time they're going to be in front of fans. That team's been waiting for a year to play in front of their fans at home in their new stadium. I don't think I. Th- I think the Rams would be, have to be horribly unprepared to lose that game. And one thing Sean McVay does do is he does get them prepared, especially when he, he's had time to prepare. I mean, so I think they'll be fine. I think that's a, a big one. Next week, week two at Indianapolis under under a dome. Um, it's. The last time they played Indy, 46 to 9 winners over Indy. Indy's a better team this time around. They're likely going to be in playoff contention in the AFC South. Your thoughts on that one off the top of your head? The Colts are a good team. They have a good defense. They have a good running back now. They drafted last year. They have a great offensive line. And Carson Wentz just like Jared Goff can play football behind a good offensive line. And the Colts just happen to have a great one, in my opinion. And I think they just signed Eric Fisher last week, too, to add to the mix when they didn't really need him. Mm-hmm. So made it even better. And he just came off of a, I think he tore his Achilles before the Super Bowl, so they're not going to need him. They said they might, he might be available by October, which is fine. He, he's a luxury at that point, which is fantastic. So... It's that this one's going to be an interesting game. I I don't know what we're going to see, to be honest with you. The last time we played the Colts wasn't it in two thousand and seventeen? Yep, forty six to nine. Sean McVay's opener, we bombed on him. That that mm-hmm. was a completely different franchise at that time. I think so. I I don't know what we're going to get. This is one of the more interesting games that I'm looking forward to watching. It is. I think that. I think we'll see. I, we'll see any provide some challenges, especially in the linebacking core. As to how this team responds to them, I'm very interested. <laughs> very interested in seeing how that one turns out. But it gets even more interesting from there because next week, week three, Rams are back home to the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in the 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific time, starting on September 26th. I'm, I'm sure you're stoked about that. Tom Brady coming in. That loaded yes. roster of the Buccaneers. I mean, that is a loaded roster, but repeat it's hard. It's, it's loaded, and you know what? Um, going into Tampa and beating them last year with Jared Goff, um, that was a that was huge for us. You know, because it showed that we're we're here to compete for that Lombardi. And uh, this one's going to be huge for me. For a lot of reasons, but mainly because it's going to be the first game that my wife and my son attend with me at, the, at SoFi. It's going to be the first regular season game because we're going to go to, I think, the Chargers preseason game there. But this is going to be the first regular season because my wife and my son are not coming to the night games. She gave me a pass on any night game at home moving forward that I can go drink and play with the boys and be a an active fool. So I'm very grateful for that. In the day games that they go with me, we're going to go to the fan zone and we're going to do all the fun stuff with my son and and be a good dad, right? The night games, I get to cut loose. <laughs> and misbehave. <laughs> exactly. Drink a hell of a lot of beer and 
have a lot of fun, you know. But what are you to call this game? Where you you, you going to even this, dare make an early prediction? No, it's gonna it's, no. it's too close to call. But man, if we beat them with Goff, man, what are we gonna? It's hard for me. <laughs> like I said earlier, this quarterback that we have, I love, like love Matt Stafford. Yeah, but but so for me to have him. It's hard for me to take L's. I'm like, I don't see it. <laughs> but but, but Tampa's loaded. 17-0, I get that. Tampa's loaded, A, and last year when they played us, they hadn't peaked yet. Just want to point that out. No, no, no. I agree. I was, I was going to say that. They hadn't hit their stride. They were still trying to figure it out, and we took advantage of that. And we only beat them by a field goal. It was a close game. This is going to be – this is it because they are the road to the Lombardi. All right, so we got to get through them, and we might have to get through them twice to do it, including this game, obviously. So, no, I'm excited, man. This is going to be great. I continue on week four, Arizona. Kyler Murray and team. That team's improved. They've improved dramatically, and and I, they know why they had to. We all know why because they're in the best division in football, and they're. And they have a lot of good players, and yet they still are looking up, you know? And that's really got to be driving them crazy, and that's why they went out and added some veterans. And in my opinion, they just hit a damn home run in the draft, which pisses me off to no end because I think a lot of teams did. Um, Arizona, in our division, in my opinion, had the best draft. And it's not even close. That is a tough football team, but they have not beat us in what four years now. It's been it's so, been a while. Good luck with that, guys. Good luck, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, trying to get your first dub against Sean McVay, my man. Because I don't think Sean McVay's ever lost to the Arizona Cardinals. It's their offensive line. It can their offensive line protect Kyler. If they do, it's a different game. We'll find out. You know, and and but here's where the first irritating thing in the schedule comes to me. Is four days later after, I mean, this is, come on, let's be honest. This is a gauntlet to start the year. Chicago, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, and Arizona to start your year. And then you go to week five, four days later, to Seattle. The NFL did the Rams no favors here at all with this one. I mean, it's nice they got three out of first four at home, by the way. But no favors to Seattle four days later. Thoughts? Yeah, not worried about them even a little bit. Just not. I wasn't worried about them with Jared Goff. And he and he played bad against them a lot of times, and good a lot of times, but he's very inconsistent. With Matt Stafford, mind sweating him. Next. You don't think Seattle improved all in the offseason? Yeah, well, I mean, they draft. <laughs> Their draft was. They, they, did, they did draft Sean McVay's number one wide receiver one pick before our pick. Which I told the guys, I told a bunch of my buddies, the Seattle Seahawks picking right in front of the Rams is going to be a huge problem because they're going to find out some way, somehow, who we like at certain positions at certain times of the draft, and they're gonna they're gonna do something to twist our arm. Because let's be honest, wide receiver was not a need on that team. And they took him anyway. You know, if you listen to our, our podcast before the draft I called that out. I said they're going to go after a receiver. 
I, that yeah, was my I, gut I, feeling. As soon as they called it, I just laughed. As soon as they called the pick, I laughed. I was like, boom, there it is. <laughs> they just dropped an elbow on Sean McVay. Dude, it was hilarious. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a Rams fan, and they got us. But I got to give credit where credit is due because I would have did the same thing. It's a war out there, dude. And we all know that. And it's psychological warfare, not just on the gridiron. These guys are wild at each other, man. This division is nuts. But this game, not worried. No, I'm not. I, I'm not worried. Okay. So next time out, New York Giants, week six, 10 days later, on the road. Uh, that might be the one I get to this year. The, the Giants gave the Rams all kinds of problems last year. Their defense is good, dude. Yeah, that's a nasty defense. And traditionally, the Giants give the Rams problems outside of that 51-17 slack a couple years ago. So uh, I can't – I would have thought this would have been an easy W. I'm not ready to call that now. No, I'm not ready to call it. Um, it's going to be a tough game. I know people probably think we're crazy for saying that, but I think we will win because I think our offense is better than theirs. And I think our defense is better than theirs, you know, just enough to get a dub. Like last year, what did we, we barely beat them, right? Yeah, barely yeah. beat them. And a lot of that was the offense was just wasn't working it. No, our their defense was hammering us. Yep. Week seven, October 24th, Detroit Lions roll in for the McVeigh Bowl. Now this in my opinion, is the most interesting game of the year. I think everyone can kind of agree with that. That's a Rams fan, considering we swapped quarterbacks, you know. Quarterbacks, front office, defensive linemen. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, you name it. It was a wild one. And you know what's interesting to me is, you know, we talked about this early. I ripped the Detroit Lions franchise, but not just me. I mean, Dan Orlovsky went on national television. And ripped them before the draft and and told them, if that tackle falls to you from Oregon, you better take him. And they did. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And guess what they did next? They drafted two of the best defensive tackles in the draft back to back. They drafted in their first four picks. Four of the biggest players and toughest players at their respective positions. And you want to know why? You want to know why they did something different than what Detroit does historically? Because them old school guys are in there now, like Dan Campbell. We're going to punch him in the mouth. (laughs) These old school country boys are running that franchise at this moment. Dude, they're going to run the ball down your throat. He's going to teach them to fight. Like football players used to fight, they're gonna, they're gonna, that that franchise over the next three years is gonna have a, a an identity change as far as toughness is concerned. You're gonna see a big difference, and they killed the draft. I gave them an A plus, and well, their undrafted free agent list best in the league. And where did they get a large portion of their front office from? The Rams. Mm-hmm. I you know what? A couple of years ago, Norman and I went up there to. To see the Lions play. I talked about this a couple weeks ago on, on the show. And seeing the Lions, listen, I, I was impressed 
heavily impressed with um, Ford Field, with the way they treated us as visiting fans, the way the fans were. It was just, I mean, this is in Detroit, by the way. I mean, Detroit's got the reputation for being a hellhole, okay? But in that stadium, these people treated you nice. They're good, kind-hearted people who just wanted to see their team win. And they've deserved, these fans up there have deserved a winner for a long time. And I actually believe that this is the beginning of this franchise becoming legitimate for real. Uh, it would not surprise me for us to be talking about their first playoff within a couple of years. It wouldn't I, surprise me either. And it would just, it would bum me out for the guys that came before everybody that's there now, like Matt Stafford, like mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson, like Barry Sanders. The list goes on. I mean, there's so many great players that came out of that franchise over my lifetime of watching football. I used to watch Lions games just to watch Barry Sanders when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So did I. You know, I, I mean, mean, we're the same age, man. Barry Sanders, in my view, to this day, is the best running back to ever walk this earth. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that's high praise because you're talking thinking about Jim Brown and, and guys like that. And those are amazing players. But I have never seen anybody do what Barry Sanders did. Nobody. Nobody. Nope. Never seen it. And I don't think I ever will again. It, and to think, Barry retired, what, in nine, after the 1998 season? He, that was, what, 89, 90? That's just, what, his ninth, tenth year? Yeah. He was still at his peak. He could have played three, four, five more years and been productive. He, nobody would have touched him on the rushing yards chain. Nobody would have. He retired early. And... You know, that's also to me part of his legend. Like, he retired on top. Yeah. I just think that people who try and say differently now, all I gotta say is you gotta go back and see some film of Barry Sanders. Yeah, you'll, it will blow your mind. If you've never seen him play, just go watch YouTube, man. Just, just go watch, watch the greatness, man. It's, it's unreal. That game's gonna be fun. I, I'm gonna, be watching it closely obviously in person but for many reasons like because i'm such a draft nerd too like watching all these prospects that i loved coming out that went to other teams a lot of them went to the lions so i'm going to be paying attention to those guys and see how they play well you know because at the end of the day you're grading yourself mm -hmm. if i'm saying a player is going to be great i need to pay attention to him and follow his career to see if if i'm any good at this and in 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 our net in the next time i join the show We'll go over how that all started for me and my brother in 2002, you know, when we discovered, you know, Madden football's franchise mode when it came out and it opened up a whole new world for us being football players and fans to front office and the salary cap and drafting players and scouting. And it changed the game for us because watching it and playing it for so long. You, once you get to a point where you kind of know everything, you're like, all right, what else can I learn about this league? Well, the money, the, the college players, all that. And that's that's what we went into. And and the next time I join the show, we'll go into that. And I'll go over some of my previous drafts. of the, And we'll, we'll talk about the players that the Rams took. And we'll talk about the players that I took. And we'll talk about where those players went, how their careers went. And you can see how, how I've done over the years. I've done pretty good, too. Oh, I mean, and I looked at one of the one with the the Khalil Mack draft and what the, what the Rams could have had that draft. 
yeah, God. I mean, when I when I took Khalil Mack at number two, my brother's sitting right next to me, and he looks at me, he's all, dude. I mean, we already had Chris Long, Robert Quinn. I mean, you name it, dude. You name it. We had, you know, Michael Brockers. We had the b- best D line pretty much already in the league. And I'm gonna go take Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald. My brother's like, you need a left tackle. I was like, yeah, but it ain't him. It ain't him, dude. He ain't it. He doesn't have what it takes. I'm telling you right now, that guy's softer than Charmin. And when he's out of the league, eventually I'll be right. And I was. Oh man, okay. I remember that so well. And I remember th- I when the when the Rams made the Greg Robinson pick, man, I was just like, oh god. I almost broke the TV. We all knew dude, it because I knew they were gonna do it, and I was heated. We knew it. They I mean, need. You know how sometimes you just get a gut feeling on a player. I that's the only way I pick <clears> these guys. I watch interviews with them. I listen to the way they yeah. talk. I listen to all of that, and I try to figure out. I, I look at it this way, Derek. If I'm going to give you millions of dollars out of my pocket, I need to know you're not a fraud. That's just the way I look at it. So I pretend that that money is mine, and if I'm going to hand it to you. You better be the guy, because you're. If not, you're stealing from me now. That's just the way I see it. Yeah. Okay. I get that it's a gamble, and you're you're drafting players. You hope they turn out well, but you got to really look at it that way, or you're just lighting your money on fire. Well, sure. And let's try and get that. You watch these guys. You've seen how they perform in in college. You check out the interviews, but eventually, just for all that. A lot of times you do just get like a gut feeling based on that. Like you're like, okay, yeah, he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I can think like here, this is my list of guys I got gut feeling on. Jason Smith, gut feeling, no. Um, Sam Bradford, I was happy they went and got a quarterback. I wanted him to succeed, but my gut feeling was I didn't like that shoulder coming out. <laughs> it wasn't even the shoulder that got him, but injury pro. I, I took, um, took Indomitian and Sue. That was my pick. Yeah, and that was a, a lot of us wanted that. So you got another pick for the Raiders, Jamarcus Russell. Knew it. Freaking oh, knew yeah. it. I, David Carr in the Texas took him. him. I wouldn't have drafted Jamarcus Russell in the fifth round, let alone number one overall. I, I laughed at that whole thing. And when, you know, people online are like, you know, well, Mel Kuyper graded our draft as this. I'm on Mel Kuyper said Jamarcus Russell was going to be the next John Elway. You want me to listen to that guy? Come on, man. I'm a grown man. I can make up my own decisions. I don't need somebody that's been on ESPN for 40 years to tell me how to think. If you want to do that, that's fine. I'm not doing it. Okay? Here's, I can make up my own decisions. Here's another one that hurts a lot. Tavon Austin. Oh, God. My, so, I, I tried to drink the Kool-Aid on that one. That's the one of the drafts I shared with you. And we'll go over that whole one on the next episode. Um, actually, no. I haven't shared that one with you because... My brother's still trying to dig it up. Worst thing I ever did was let him store all the files. He stored them on like a million different little thumb drives, and he found a couple of them. He's moved five times since 2002, so imagine where these things are at. So he was able to find 2014 and 2016 so far. Um, I'm dying to get my 2013 one with Tavon Austin because I did not trade up for him, and I did not want him. So, and my brother was laughing because he knew I didn't want him. And as soon as we traded up to A, he's like, you're going to take that little turd, aren't you? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, shut up, bro. Shut up. And he's just laughing at me. And I'm like, because we loved DeAndre Hopkins. That was our number one wide receiver Mm. draft. Like we thought he was, when he did the sports science on on TV and they showed all that, like 
I already was in love with him, but I was like, okay, this guy couldn't drop a ball if he tried. Like, he's unreal. Next level. And guess what? Top three receiver in the league right now. I mean, I'll, I'll say this flat out. If the Rams had taken DeAndre Hopkins that year, we have a Super Bowl title. Flat out. I don't see why if, not. If that's, the, if that's the only difference in all the drafts and everything else that's made, they took DeAndre Hopkins. Think of, think of what happens. If they had DeAndre Hopkins back then, if they had him back then, they don't make some of the crazy trades they make, toss it away draft picks, or they make trades for other players that were needed. I mean, think about that. There's two wide receiver trades off the top of my head right now. Brandon Cooks and Sidney Watkins. They don't make those trades if they had DeAndre Hopkins. No. You know, like I said, and we'll go over that on the next on the next episode that I join with you, but it's just, it's something that I've been doing for almost 20 years now. I take pride in it. I've worked hard at it, and there's nothing worse than, you know, going on Twitter and seeing people like, shut up, Twitter GMs, and this and that. Listen, if you guys want to be funny, guys, it is what it is. But some of us actually have d- put in a lot of work into this over the years, and we don't appreciate the disrespect. If you want to just trust the process, that's fine. But if the rest of us want to make our own decisions, let us do that. Some of us actually have really good track records. Well, know? yeah, that's the thing, too. Decisions. It does drive me nuts. I think I think the Rams have earned some leeway because they've been excellent at developing their players, and they, they have a, recently I excellent. I well, defensively, say, yes. If you look at their defensively, if yes. Drafts, if you look at their drafts since Sean McVay <clears throat> has been our coach, go back and look at every player on there and go, and, and, and nobody's doing this. That's why they don't. They just see the 11 and 5s and the 13 and 3s and the 9 and 7s and the 11 and 5s. That's what everyone's seeing right now. Trust me. I'm super excited about being a winner again. Being a Ram fan for 35 years, all I've seen is spurts of success with decade droughts of terror. I don't want it to happen anymore. I'd like to be consistent for once with this franchise. So. I want to make sure that this doesn't continue, right? The, the, the drafts are horrible overall. If you look at every single player that's been drafted since 2017, 2018 was a, a disaster, okay? The one draft that I think that the Rams killed it since Shami Bay has been our coach was last year. They knocked it out of the park because guess what? We're going into 2021. We have our starting running back. Our starting wide receiver, Van Jefferson, in the slot, right? Or he might line up on the outside. Who knows? And we have our two starting safeties in Terrell Burgess and Jordan Fuller. All right? That draft, phenomenal. Right? You got four starters a year later. And and a couple of them started last year. Right? I mean, Jordan Fuller, right off the bat, took Taylor Rapp's job. Get out of here, buddy, for the most part, you know? Did a great job. But I just want to see... More consistency. When you draft four skilled position players, when you needed trenches and off-the-ball linebackers, I have a problem with that, dude. I'm sorry. I watched the Chiefs draft my guy one pick after we picked Tutu and Nick Bolton. I I was losing my mind, dude. And then they took Creed Humphrey after that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? The rich just got richer. Andy Reid knows what he's doing. 
he just filling voids that he needs to fill to keep the keep the train moving, man. The only thing is, and this is where it bothers me. You know, the Rams have become like the Patriots East, man. They 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 keep things so locked up in the house. But they're talking about how they feel about this roster. They're totally happy with their offensive line. They're happy with all this. So they felt like this draft was a draft. They can go out there and take whatever they want. Uh, I don't really feel that way. And this is where the conundrum is for me because I disagree. I think based and yeah, the, the 2018 draft was got low with injuries, but you saw where they were going. 2017, you saw where they were going. 2019, you saw where they were going. In 2020, we definitely saw in no. I mean, that's a heck of a draft. You said it's a heck of a draft. So they have done a, a pretty good job developing those middle round guys, injuries notwithstanding. But eventually, when you trade away number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, and all of a sudden there's a Darth, or a Darth, however you pronounce that word, okay, of not developing, you're in trouble. 2018, those guys all got hurt, right? A lot of them are still on the team. But they haven't been, you know, they're basically a year behind the eight ball. It, what if the 2021 class joins that group of not being effective? Then you've had two classes in five years that weren't effective for a variety of reasons. That's when you start taking your medicine because you, you're relying on your ability to develop right now. And that's my problem with the draft. Like, you, I don't have a problem with them trading away Matt Stafford, I mean, for Matt Stafford, given those picks. But you better get the draft right in. Not mess around. So I believe they've earned some leeway because they have been successful on the field, and they have gotten, they have found guys like Burgess and and Fuller come in there and step in right away. The, we might we might be wrong. They might have found guys this time. Okay, we'll find out. But you can't do that forever. Eventually, you're going to pay. You're you going to take your medicine. Blue, you keep passing on blue chip guys for projects. Eventually, it's going to catch up to you. Exactly, and and, and guess what? Half trading the- you can't keep trading for other people's successful draft picks. All right, that's not going to that's not that's not sustainable. It's you not. Cannot you can only carry seven major contracts on your franchise at any one given time? <laughs> okay, I've done the math. All right, so you can only do seven. All right, well, we'll probably be eight we soon. We pretty much got seven big contracts right now. But it'll All probably right, so be eight. We're going to see a massive people's catch guys up. and expecting that to work. Well, we're not good at the draft, so we'll just go get Jalen Ramsey. Or we'll go get Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib and all these other guys. Because obviously we don't know what we're doing. That's what that tells me, by the way. That you can't farm your own system. I believe they can. But here's, the, here's my, and, this is where, and that's where we disagree. But here's my flip that around. The guys they got who ran these drafts and, and did find the players at work, a lot of them are gone. A lot of the guys who helped develop those players, they're no longer on the coaching staff. They're gone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so, what I'm concerned about. Yeah, so even, yeah, even that, if we disagree. The guys that we have that are good, like Aaron Donald, nobody that works in the franchise right now drafted Aaron Donald, not even Les Snead. Jeff Fisher drafted Aaron Donald. Okay. Jeff Fisher drafted Todd Gurley. He drafted those guys because he probably had a deal with, with Les. Like, listen, you don't get to pick all the groceries. You understand? <laughs> I bet you this is what happened. The number two pick, all right, Les, I'm going to give you that one. But you got to give me 13, bro. You can't have both. I, I know these conversations happen because these are grown men having conversations that work together. I would. That's exactly what I would have said 
hey, you don't get to pick every pick. We can alternate. We can we, we can come up with a system, but you're not picking all my players. That's not how this works, dude. You know, and so the superstars that we drafted a lot of times, especially on defense, those were all Jeff Fisher. Those were all Jeff Fisher. You know, and I'm worried that we're ignoring the defense and we're just able to be good because we have the best corner in the NFL and the best defensive player ever. Yeah, you okay, know but when Aaron Donald was hurt mm-hmm. against, against yeah. Green Bay, Preach our it. defense looked <laughs> like garbage. Preach it. One player gets hurt and the other 10 of you can't get it done, you're pathetic. That's I where I was going. Room and said, you guys are a disgrace. That's where I was going. That's exactly where I was going next. When you said that, the first thought that popped in my head was a Green Bay game. When no, It didn't matter. Without your pressure coming from Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald was hurt, that was it. They were done. And that's, that's scary. I, I, you know, I, I like... I, you know, I like that they brought in, you know, a, a proven defensive coordinator to come in there and, do, and he's a, he's an excellent leader of men. I like a lot of the guys we have. Eventually, we keep saying it though. You pay the price, and you, you sooner or later your magic runs out when it comes to developing players. Yeah, especially those mid round guys. I don't, I don't, Ram fans, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to bring bad news and bring everyone down. I don't think we're going to lose anytime soon. We got Matt Stafford, y'all. We got good <laughs> defense. We got Ram. Yes. We got Donald. We got Akers. The list goes on. We have so many good players on this team right now. In four years from now, I can't answer that. Okay? But I'm nervous. I'm just getting nervous now because I always look down the line. Yeah. I'm a project manager for a living. This is what I do. I always look down the road. And that's when I'm getting nervous. 2024, 2025, where will the LA Rams be then? Because I signed a 50-year deal to be a, my, my season tickets will outlive me. I'm invested. Yep. I don't just watch NFL Sunday ticket anymore for 300 bucks. And when the Rams were 2-14, and 14, it didn't matter because I only lost $300. Now I'm spending 5 k a year you know, on this. And that's, yeah, a, you- that's a whole nother ball game, guys. So... When you drop in that kind of coin, you're like, y'all better win, man. Or just that makes you a stakeholder. I mean, you don't own the team, but that basically makes you a stakeholder. When you pay, put down 5K a year, and that's just for you, right? How many for all the seats you got? No, no, no. That's my seats every year for three seats total is 3800 bucks plus my SSL, which mm-hmm. is 1600 bucks for 10 years. But that's 5K a year, right? It's about 5K a year for the first 10 years. That's, and that's a lot of money. That's dude. bananas. So, you know, real quick, because we're off, we're off the beaten path here. We're only down to week seven. I mean, the, here's a here's a positive too. They have developed guys, and they've and they've no, struck they on guys. Don't give me wrong. So, I mean, they they drafted guys that I wanted when they were on the clock. Mm-hmm. I remember being at uh, World Tour Rams headquarters in Hollywood when they were drafting Charming Base for draft. And after they picked Gerald Everett, when they picked him, we all looked around and go, who? <laughs> and we were like, oh, great. Here we go. But then the next pick, when Steven Jackson comes up, me and, um, oh, boy, one of the guys, I think his name is Joe. I can't remember. Any of his, but my point is, is we both looked at each other and say, it's Cooper Cup. It's got to be. We got to take him right here, right? That's the guy. That's the guy. And when Steven Jackson announced him, the whole bar just erupted. So, yeah, and then they drafted Josh Johnson. Loved him, 
right? But we couldn't re-sign him because we John gave Johnson. bad contracts out to other players that aren't team anymore, right? So that really I mean, matter. And John Johnson's going to hurt. Here's the thing. Let's let's close it out and move on from here. Here's the thing. My one thing I want to give you know, so people don't think it's totally just all negative, a totally negative segment is the one good thing the Rams have done is they have they're they're really good at compiling picks. You, if they're later rounds, they still. I mean, they had nine picks in this draft despite trading a whole bunch away. So they have like four comp picks next year. We expect them to have. They are going to have their normal picks outside of the first round as well. So the Rams are going to have draft capital. They you In the NFL, you can afford to have a bad draft here and there as long as it's not a consistent. So next year and next in the year after, they come back and they have good, solid drafts. Everything's fine. Well, for, and if 2021 winds up being a failure, it'll be all right. You can have a bad draft here and there. It just can't be consistent. And when your first draft happens, though, with a new staff in there, and it looks a little scary, then that's when you're going to have reason to be concerned. And that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't have a judgment call on this draft. I reserve the right to come back a little bit later and give my final thoughts on this draft because I just I want to give the franchise a bit of the doubt. But it looks a little scary on the first look in terms of what they did. Yeah, and your, and your thought process is a little different than mine. The way I look at it is that I've done it all these years is that I'm making the picks that I think would be best for our team and our future. So if they pick players I don't like, I'm going to grade it right away because I'm going to say, I like my guys better than the ones you took. And I'm going to live up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand behind that. So when I give the Rams a D minus in this draft, you know, how could you grade the guys? They haven't even played in the NFL yet. I know that. Those aren't the guys that I would have picked to play in the NFL on my team. That's why I give them a D minus. You understand how that works, right? Think McFly. <laughs> All right, week eight. GMs, by the way. Week eight. As long as the Rams are healthy on Halloween at the at the Texans, they got to win there. That that's franchise is a mess right now. Um, I'll take. I'll say that. Uh, week nine. Oh boy, back to the gauntlet. The Tennessee Titans at home. Sunday night football. That's on November seventh. This is, like, this is a gauntlet schedule. Then week 10 on Monday Night Football. So Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football. The 49ers on Monday Night Football. At the 49ers, by the way. Week 11 by. Week 12 back at it in Green Bay. Fancy of a weekend. 425 start. Week 13. We could probably give this one a W for now. The Jaguars come to town. Week 13. At home, 125 start. Week 14, back at the division. The Arizona Cardinals on the road, Sunday Night Football. Week 15, Seattle at home. Week 16, at Minnesota. So here we go. Week 12, at Green Bay. That's going to be cold. Week 16, at Minnesota. That's going to be cold. That's a day after Christmas. Week 17 at Baltimore. January 2nd. Dude, that sucks. And then you finish the year at home with the 49ers. This is a brutal schedule, the way it lines up. Three winter games in the back part of the year. Yeah. Well, good thing we went out and got a quarterback, though, right? 
<laughs> and a guy who's playing some cold weather games. To be nervous against any team when, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I got the guy. I got the guy. The guy that is not afraid to swing a real leader in the huddle, a, a, a leader of men. We got that. I'm excited, dude. I'm I am so too. pumped. And, you know, at I'm this so point here. season, I've been more. I haven't been more excited for a season ever in the wow. history of my fandom because of the pandemic taking everything away from us that we love and know in our whole lives and having a franchise quarterback for the first time in my fandom. I am fired up, dude. And so I Rampers, may. Much as a bummer as you might think I can be, we are Super Bowl contenders right now. And even with that schedule, you're not concerned? No. That is a monster schedule. I think we'll maybe lose five games, maybe, at the most, which still gets us in the dance. Yeah. That's a monster schedule. <laughs> it is. It, it, we got to look at it this way, Derek. I mean, the NFL's <laughs> not like it was when we were kids. When we were kids, there was like four good teams and everyone else was kind of doo-doo. The NFL over the years has just turned itself around to where you have like every year – like four bad teams, like really bad teams. They're always at the top of the draft. And then you have a bunch of teams in the middle of the first round that are like seven or eight wins. And mm-hmm. then you have some nines and some tens. It's not like the NFL was when we were a kid. Everybody's pretty good now, right? Maybe not great, but everyone's competitive. Like any given Sunday really exists in 2021, in my opinion. All right, so let's close this show out today. Just a couple of questions about the league. What teams, what teams beside the Rams right now are you excited to watch? Give me three. The Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Arizona Cardinals. Why the Vikings? Because, because they all three of those teams drafted a lot of players I like. Okay. And I want to see how they do. Fair enough. All right. So my three, I'm excited to watch. I'm with you on Detroit. I, I like. I, I'm really curious to see how they do. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm curious to watch Houston because they're the opposite. You know how sometimes you watch like a YouTube video and you see a train wreck and you just you can't turn <laughs> take your eyes away. Uh-oh. You get what I'm saying, though, right? Like you just can't no, take the eyes away. Like you're peeking through your fingers. Yes. Trying not to look. Exactly. <laughs> J.J. Watt's gone. Deshaun Watson probably is not playing this year. I mean, they traded away Hawkins last year for, I forget the bag of chips on that one. I just, ah, that is going to be a train wreck. That Bill O'Brien out there left that franchise a hot mess. Uh, I am, I, I just, I don't even have words, man. I, I can't yeah, wait to you see You can that. only blame the ownership group. It always starts at the top. You know, they're the ones that handed over the franchise to them when the old man got old and sick, and the rest of the family doesn't know how to run an NFL franchise. He didn't even know how to do it. He's just a rich oil guy that wanted to buy a football team, right? <laughs> and at some point, when you don't know what you're doing, you don't hire the right people that don't know what they're doing, and it all trickles down, right? It's a disaster over there. It's a train wreck. Like like I said, it's a YouTube video where, you know. And I used to love to watch them because, man, did they have a hell of a defense with guys that I grew up. I mean, that I would scout 
Because, I mean, dude, I grew up in SoCal, USC guy. So, Brian Cushing, are you kidding me, dude? That guy was made for football. I used to love watching the Texans defense get fired up and bang on everyone week in and week out, dude. I mean, that that was – and watching Deshaun Watson play when he apparently wasn't engaged in other bad materials. Um, <laughs> Big dummy. I mean, That's all I can say about that. 22 guy. people – a lot of this still sounds fishy to me, but 22 people can't all be wrong. I mean, can they? I don't know. It just sounds... He's a moron. That's all I gotta say. If any of this is true, he's just a moron. I mean, you had... if In order for 22 people to come forward, you at least had to put yourself in position to to, to get in trouble. Even if you didn't do anything. You know what the sad part about him is? So back in the day, Warwick done the running back for the Buccaneers. I'll share this story real quick. I'm sure some people know about it. But he started a foundation because his mom was a police officer and she got killed in line of duty. So he started this foundation for single moms because that's what his mother was. Okay. And he raised all this money and he, they started buying houses or building houses and giving them to single families. John, Deshaun Watson's mother was the first recipient of that award. So... He spit in all of their faces, in my opinion. This is true. If it's true. Yeah, if it's and true. I don't blame nobody until you know, I let everything play itself out. But if the kid did this, he spit in Warwick Dunn's face, in my opinion, because Warwick Dunn was his hero as a kid. He gave him a home when he didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Okay? Deshaun Watson is where he is because of guys like Warwick Dunn. All right? You owe that to them. He should have held up his end of the bargain, and he did not if this is true. So, yeah, that franchise dumped fire right now. I agree. Last team for me is the Browns. Oh, I'm with you. That would... I knew you were going to bring that up because you're an Ohio guy, and I'm with you 100%. Not only because they've been drafting well for years, um, but they did it again this year. And they got leadership in the building. Like, yes. they have... That's really what's been holding that franchise back. They've had players come in the last 10 years. They've had talent there. They've just never had somebody to be a leader there. And they finally, I think, have a leader. A lead, I can't get the words out. They finally have an organization that has leadership built to, to win. Yeah, I'm new. Uh, very, very, very interested in watching them. And I rooted for them. Last year, you know, to get to the playoffs. And when they were in the playoffs, I was watching them on TV and I was rooting them on like if I was a fan. I feel, you know, being a Rams fan, historically, we've been bad more than we've been good, right? So I feel for fans, loyal fans like Detroit Lion fans, Chicago Bear fans, um, Browns fans, historic franchises that have had long droughts, terrible, terrible records and terrible teams. And those fans still show up every year and spend their hard-earned money, by the way, to see that garbage. And they're still there. Mad respect to all of you guys, man. I know what it feels like. Okay? So go get yours, dude. Good luck, man. But if you get in our way, we're coming for you. (laughs) But if not, and we're not in your way, I'm with you guys. I'm cheering you guys on. Good for you because I feel for you, dude. The Browns are on fire. I think their their big weakness was their defense. So what they do? They go beat John Johnson. They get Troy Hill. They drafted fantastically for, for that defense all the way through the 2021 draft. I mean, I think this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender this year. 
And it's crazy to say that. I think they are not just a legitimate contender. I think they may even be a favorite. To make- I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how they couldn't be. And we're talking about 22 starting players, not just Patrick Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield. Okay? Mm-hmm. 22 versus your best 22. I'm taking the Browns roster. Yeah. I, I think they're better. Yeah, and it doesn't mean they could beat them. But I think they're a better team. I think the, I think they're deeper. You know, I, I there's the playoff experience. Obviously, is going to be more with the Chiefs. the The coaching experience there is going to be more with the Chiefs. You have the best quarterback on the planet, probably, with the Chiefs. But you know, the Browns, like you said, twenty two players, twenty two players. That's I I would take the Browns roster in that respect. I mean, if you look, if you laid out their roster and you looked at both starting rosters and go, which one would you take? I think, you know, nine out of ten people would take the Browns if, if they were gambling men. I mean, they're they're deep, they're deep, dude. They're they're deep. All right, folks, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the banter going back and forth, the the, the spirit discussion. It's been a long time. You know, when when Tommy and I have been in the show again in the past, it was like you know. We always had rapport, and definitely rolling through the show tonight. Yeah, rapport was right back. It's like you never left, and I'm glad that you came back today. I'm hoping you're on more. I'm hoping you're back a lot more as we get ready for what should be, we hope, will be a wonderful season covering the Rams. So, do welcome back. Um, so glad to have to uh, connected and got you back on the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And whenever you want to have me on, you just let me know, and I'll jump on, and we'll do our thing. Next time I come on, I'll give you everyone a more a backstory about how I got started scouting players in college to go to the NFL with my brother, and we'll go over some previous drafts, and we'll go over this year's draft and who the Rams picked and who I picked, and I'll tell you why. Awesome. All right, dude. For everybody here at Rams Talk, we'll see you next time out. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on social media, including Facebook. Follow me at DC Paul. Find Tommy on Twitter at Ram Tommy in LA. It's been so long since I said that. Right. Okay. In the meantime, <laughs> good buddy. In the meantime, we're out of here. Have a great one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.